the title of my sermon this morning is This Place is Different. This Place is Different. And um, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can go ahead and open up to 1 Thessalonians 5. And we're going to go through verses 11 all the way to the end. You can go ahead and open your Bibles there. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but this week, probably because I've, I've been studying and prepping and praying, I've just been overwhelmed with uh, my inadequacy. I don't know if, if that resonates with any of you guys. I've been, I've been overwhelmed with my inadequacy, and, and it's really been a, been a prayer of mine. I've been asking God to show me how big he is so that I can see how small I am in comparison. See how big God is and how small I am in, in comparison. And, and uh, I, I am blown away that, that he allows me to come up here and open, open his word and, uh, and preach. And not only to you guys, but every week up there in the high school uh, second service where they're like yapping at each other and hardly paying attention. But uh, I, I've, I've been overwhelmed with that, that, that how amazing is this book? That, that we get to open it and, and, and read the words that God has written to us and, and get to step into his story. How, how amazing that is. And, and I, I've been uh, feeling uh, inadequate, but uh, I, I, I've come to this conclusion that God likes to work through our inadequacies. So wherever you're at in your life, that, uh, that God wants to work through your inadequacies. And, and it's, a, it's actually... It's okay to say I'm inadequate, but God is big, right? And uh, uh, we're going to talk about community uh, this morning, and uh, specifically Northview community, Northview's community. Um, and and I was I was thinking about this, uh, and in John thirteen thirty five, you don't have to you don't have to turn there, but it says uh, uh, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and it says, "By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love." For one another. And, and I, I was thinking about this place. Okay, we're a bunch of inadequate people coming together, and hopefully we love well. Hopefully that those outside of this church will look in and say, yeah, they must be followers of Christ because they love each other so well. Yeah, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, uh, yeah, I'm not perfect, right? And I have a lot of things that uh, I trip up on and slip up in life. And, and sometimes even loving people is not like the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, but Jesus says that they will know you're my disciples by how much you love one another. That's a good, a good thing to strive for, I think. So uh, we're gonna, with that in mind, we're going to read First Thessalonians 5. I'm going to read 11 all the way to, I'm actually going to go to 24 because then he starts talking about like holy kisses and all this different stuff. We don't, I don't want to talk about that. So, <clears throat> starting in verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. The Thessalonians were doing a good job of this. That's cool. Uh, verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14, we urge you, brothers, uh, uh, we urge you, brothers, uh, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays evil for evil, 
but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, there's a lot of things that we're supposed to do, apparently, according to Paul. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Uh, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Man, he's setting the bar high. Verse 23, my favorite part of this section. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. That's good news. So we're going to be talking about this place is different. Turn to your neighbor and say, this place is different. Just trying to make sure you guys are awake. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask for a lot of grace this morning. You're so big, and I'm so small. But your word is big, and you allow us to dive into it, to read it. Jesus, would you uh, help us comprehend what you want us to this morning? Would you help me accurately uh, speak your word so that we can be encouraged, so that we can be uh, closer to you? We lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. So about a year, a year and a half ago or so, I, I took a trip to see a buddy of mine who had moved to South Carolina. We went to school together. Um, we were really close friends. Uh, we, were, we, we lived together at, at Northwest University where I went to school. And uh, uh, he moved to South Carolina to take a job, and he knew no one when he moved down there. I was like, I commended him, like, dude, that is awesome. Way to go for the adventure you moved across country to work for a really huge church down in South Carolina. It's like every church in the South is like a mega church, right? So he moves down to South Carolina. So I'm like, hey, if you're down there, I got to visit you, right? I got to, I got to go visit my buddy. So, so I hop on a plane and I uh, fly down to South Carolina. And this was, uh, I've been in the South a few times and there's something I've noticed every time you go to the South, everyone is your friend. Right? I, I don't know if, have any of you guys been to the South? We're talking like Florida, Texas, right? The Carolinas, right? Okay. Uh, Alabama, right? Okay, so we're, everybody is your friend. I kid you not. I'm going down there to visit my buddy Joe, and, uh, and, and we're hanging out, and he's like, hey, uh, I gotta run by work, I gotta run by my office, and, and swing in. So, so I come into his office with him, and he's picking up some stuff, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, hey, what's your name? I'm, I'm Brooks. Oh, you're Joe's friend? Yeah, I'm Joe's friend. Oh, hey, you're my friend too. Hey, this is my brother, this is my sister, my cousin, my father, this is my other cousin, right? It's, and <laughs> hey, guys, give him a hug. And like, he gave me a hug. I was like instantly his best friend, right? I'm like, hey, this is cool. I kid you not, we go, we go visit Charleston. We're doing like the sightseeing stuff. So we're like eating in a Chinese restaurant in Charleston. I don't know why, but we're in a Chinese restaurant in Charleston and, and I sit down and this lady comes and sits next to me. And it took like five minutes before she starts talking to me and says, hey, so where are you from? Are you new around here? What are you doing? And go, oh, you got to go see this. You got to go see that. You got to go see this. Hey, here's my, here's my brother. Here's my cousin. Here's my, whoa, okay. She started pulling out her phone legitimately and showing me pictures of her family, right? Okay, you're my new best friend apparently. And she offered me her food. Like it was like, it was, I don't even know you lady, but we're sitting next to each other. I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, I like being everybody's friend. This is cool. Uh, it's just, it, it, it was different. 
It's different than Seattle where you go and you sit in a coffee shop and you put in earbuds and I look like really mad when I work and don't judge me. Uh, I work really, I, 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 I get like I'm super focused and I'm like, I put in my earbuds and I'm like no one talked to me, right? That's like so different. You go to the south and, and everybody's your friend. You have earbuds in, they'll come and interrupt you. Hey, what you doing for dinner? This is my cousin, this is my brother, this is my father, right? <laughs> they want to invite you over, they're hospitable. And here's the other thing too. Probably one of my favorite parts of the South. Um, really, there's a love uh, of mine for the South because in Nicaragua, for those of you who don't know, my, my, my parents are missionaries in Nicaragua. So I, I spent time in Central America growing up down there. And uh, if ever the South is going to rise again, it's going to start in Nicaragua because there's so many Southern Baptist missionaries down there from Texas, ever, from Alabama, from everywhere, right? From Georgia. Uh, there's so many Southern Baptist missionaries. And you go over to their house, and it's awesome. And they'll give you one of two drinks. They'll give you Coke, which is doesn't matter. It's Dr. Pepper, Sprite. And everything's Coke, right? Uh, so they'll give you Coke. Hey, you want some Coke? Uh, or they'll give you sweet tea. You guys know, what, you guys know sweet tea? So, so here's the thing. If you go out and you order sweet tea up here... This is what they'll say to you. Oh, we don't have sweet tea. What I can give you is I can give you iced tea and sweetener. And that's not sweet tea, right? You go in the south and it's like, oh, yeah, here's some sweet tea. And it's like tea and sugar, right? It's awesome. And, and down in Nicaragua, <laughs> this is what I grew accustomed to. Because I'd go over to these Southern Baptist missionaries' homes and, and they'd be like, here's some sweet tea. And I'm like, this is pure sugar. This is awesome. I'm drinking syrup. So you go down in the south and it's like everywhere. You don't have to, you don't have to, have the sugar added later. No, it's like, it's sweet tea, and it's like super, super sweet. And I always drink a sweet tea like crazy down there because it's everywhere. You can get like sweet tea at McDonald's. It's not very good. But all through the South, I'm thinking, this place is different. This place is different. This is different than gloomy Seattle where we like sit in coffee shops, and I love coffee shops. If you know me, I, I'm all about the coffee shops, right? But, th- but it's just different. In the south. Maybe it's because they get more sun down there. It wasn't very hard for me to pick up the fact that, man, that place is different. When, when people walk into this place, Northview, a community of believers, they should immediately sense this place is different. They should, they should immediately sense, wow, these people love differently. These people operate differently than in the world. It should just be one of those things. Wow, this place is different. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys this morning. I'm going to put this question in your minds. Is Northview different? Is Northview different? Can someone come in here and sense, wow, I'm loved differently? I'm welcomed differently? Is Northview a different place? So Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, and, and he's encouraging them to be different than the world he's giving them all these things hey love one another encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be different than the world around you and and i started in verse 11 and verse 11 says therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing whenever uh this uh, whenever this word comes up in in youth group if i'm I'm preaching I, i tell the students i said whenever you see a therefore go back and look what it's Therefore, right? See, now you can tuck that away. That's, that's free. Um, 
whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, go back and look what it's there for. Yeah? Good. So, what is Paul talking about? Therefore. What is he talking about? We have to go back to a little bit uh, further up in, in chapter 5. But I, I just want to uh, read these to you. Um, I'm, I'm not going to spend much time because Pastor Steve talked about this last week. But just look, just look with me for a second. This is what Paul is saying about the Thessalonians. In verse 4, he says, You are not in darkness. Verse 5, he says, You are children of the light. You are children of the day. And in further in verse 4, it says, We are not of the night. We are not of darkness. Verse 8 says, We belong to the day. Verse 9, this is the best. God has not destined us for wrath. In verse 10, it says, that we might live with him. Paul is saying who we already are in Christ. If you follow Christ, if you have trusted in Jesus, this is who you already are through the blood of Jesus. You are children of the light. You were not destined for wrath. You are not destined for death. You will live with Jesus forever starting right now. This is who you already are. In Christ Jesus. Now he starts with that because that is key. Knowing who we are determines how we live. Knowing who we are determines how we live. So, so here's the picture. When we go through life, we encourage one another because of who Jesus says we are. We live differently because of who Jesus says we are. We love others. We encourage others. We help the weak and we uh, encourage the faint-hearted because Jesus says, you are not destined for wrath. I have given you life. Your, uh, your salvation is secure in heaven. Go live out uh, what I say, who I say you are here on earth now. So how much more evident should that be when there's, a, when there's a congregation of believers coming together and we are all children of light. None of us are destined for wrath. We are all following Christ. We should love well. Certainly Jesus' words would echo here and now. They will know us by our love. Paul paints this beautiful picture of what the church should be. How we should interact with each other to uh, encourage and, and help the weak and, uh, and uh, admonish the idol. I'm going to talk about that word a little bit. Because you guys know what it's like out in the world, right? Uh, I, I have the perspective of, of high school and junior high. I hear kind of what life is like at the schools. And, and some of you guys are teachers here, and, and you know what it's like in the schools. Man, gossip is rampant, right? Backstabbing is rampant. The, uh, for, for a high school student, the most precious thing that they have are their friendships and, they will, and their popularity. They will do anything to, to, to have that friendship and have that approval. So it's, it's a dangerous time in the school cafeteria, right? It doesn't take long before someone's gossiping about someone. Oh, did you hear the Betty? Oh, she broke up. I don't know. She's from the South now. Oh, your Betty, she broke up with, with, uh, with Dustin last night. Oh, man, he is a wreck, right? So... You guys know what it's like in, at school or in the workplace where people have to jockey for position and, and status is everything and lying is, is just kind of status quo. 
and you're not loved. You're not, you're not uh, welcomed in. This place, though, should not be like that, right? Because of who Jesus says we are. So there are people coming from outside, and I think this is so appropriate as we go to three services, and Zach gave an awesome little encouragement today that, uh, yeah, as we go to three services, who can you invite? Who can you see? Who can you welcome in? And I'm going to put a, a quick plug in for the FIT team. Uh, it, uh, if you have that card in your, uh, in your bulletin, you can take it out and drop it in the boxes in the back if you want to uh, be on the FIT team. Say, hey, I want, I want to be on the FIT team. Give me, send me some information. Um, because this is a perfect opportunity to welcome those who are hurting, to welcome those who have marital problems, to welcome those who are not financially stable, to welcome those who uh, need a safe haven where they're not going to be judged, where they're going to be welcomed and loved. And some of you are like, well, Brooks, that's me. I'm in that category. I, I'm putting on a face. I'm putting on a mask every time I come here. And I would, I would encourage you. I would, I would hopefully love you and say, you're welcomed here. I want you to feel loved here. But I also want you to love those around you. I said identity determines your action. Paul starts with who we are. Because your identity determines how you act. He's saying, this is who you are in Christ, so your identity will determine how you act. Let me give you an an example of this. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a superhero. Um, No, but really, I have like a superhero outfit and stuff uh, for like youth group and different things like that. so I'm, I'm uh, in. I just got out of college, right? And I'm going to uh, I'm going to a church in in the area, and it was um, the, the, they had a theme that day. It was Superhero Sunday, and the thing was, it was Superhero Sunday for children's church, right? Not for adult, adult church. Um, <clears throat> no, don't worry. I didn't dress up as a superhero, but somebody else did. <laughs> And uh, for some reason, I was sitting in the cry room. Don't ask why. It doesn't matter. I'm sitting in the cry room, uh, and uh, this superhero is sitting next to me. He's like a seat away, and I'm like, oh, this is a superhero. Like, he's full on. He's got a mask. He's got, like, long sleeves. He's got, like, a cape on, and he's got, like, knee pads and all this stuff, and he's got a belt with something hanging off of it. I'm like, man, that's a superhero. So when they start passing the buckets, uh, I lean in, I grab the bucket from him, and I pass it, and I lean back in. I'm like, up dude i'm a superhero too and i give him a little fist bump and he gets way too excited he's like really uh yeah oh that's awesome and he starts telling me everything about how he's like a superhero and he fights crime like okay well all right i was not really expecting that i was just kind of like dude i just dress up and like throw out energy drinks to high school students i'm not really a superhero i don't really fight crime and he's like oh well what's your name I said, oh, my name is Brooks. No, 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 no. What's your superhero name? I'm like, whoa, you're way too, way too into this. I'm like, all right, well, I'm Thunder 88. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm Phoenix Jones. And, he, and he, I don't know if you guys know Phoenix Jones. He's on the news sometimes. He gets in trouble, got stabbed or something at one point because he was actually trying to fight crime in Seattle. But I met him in church, and he's a churchgoer, and that's cool. But uh, he, he thought he was a superhero. He dressed up as a superhero. His identity determined his actions. So that when he dresses up, he goes out at night and he tries to fight crime. At first he was like, you should come out with me. I said, no, I shouldn't. 
I don't know you. You're taller than I am. Uh, you have a mask on. And, and then he's like, he pulled out a thing on his belt. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, oh, I said, like a nightstick? He's like, no, no, no. And he, he, there's a little button on it. And he goes, I'm like, it's a taser. I'm like, dude, dude, you got that in church, man. That's not okay. Uh, <laughs> he dressed up as a superhero. His identity, who he thought he was, determined his actions. Here's the bottom line. If you know who Christ says you are, if you know your identity in Christ Jesus, you will live differently. This is your identity in Christ Jesus, not destined for wrath, but justified wholly through him. And then Paul lays out everything else how this, uh, this body of believers should be acting because they know who they are. And the, the, first, the first point he makes in verses 12 and 13 is basically this. I'm going to sum it up and say, be good to your leaders. Be good to your leaders. It says this, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Okay, so let's just get something out here. This is kind of awkward because I think Steve didn't want to preach this message, so he's like gave it to me no he's in Oregon he's doing family stuff because basically what Paul is saying is hey be good to the pastors in the, of the church love the pastors of the church but I, I'm going to take it a step further and he says be good to the leaders among you that means if you're in a community group you have community group leaders that pray and love for you and and open up their fridge if you're like in my community group and go over to Adam and Kathy Hayes's house they just open up their fridge to us it's awesome all right love the leaders among you. Think highly of them. That, that means the people that are running the men's ministry and the women's ministry. And it says encourage them. You know, I, I thought that uh, when I became a youth pastor, <laughs> I was in college and I was like, I think I want to be a youth pastor. I think God's calling me to be a youth pastor. And I was like, that's, that's so sweet. I could just like play video games with kids all, all day and like, like play games at youth group and, and hang out with students and like go get like Slurpees and, and stuff. That'd be awesome. Oh. The advice I'd give young Brooks. <laughs> no, I love my job, but you know the best part of my job is when I get emails from you guys. Is when I get uh, uh, encouragement from you guys. When I, uh, sometimes I get emails just, just saying, hey, uh, my, my son or my daughter came home and they were talking about this. Thank you so much. That, that, that really is the best part of my job. I had uh, uh, a lady come up to me last week, and, and she, she kind of grabbed my arm. And she said, hey, is there any prayer requests I can, I can pray for you for? You know, that's awesome. That's, that's the encouragement that, that makes it all worth it. And I would just, uh, I would just say this. I'd say, uh, encourage uh, Zach and, and Steve and Shannon uh, and, and your, your leaders, your, your women's ministry leaders and your men's ministry leaders and the community group leaders, encourage them, love on them. And it says this word in here, uh, who are over you and admonish you in the Lord. Now this, this word admonish is what it says in my, in my Bible in the ESV. And that, that word really means uh, encourage or, or correct with a gentle tone. <laughs> correct with a gentle tone. And I'm just going to say this, that we have the best admonisher ever in Steve and Pastor Steve, right? I don't know if you've gone into his office before to talk about something, but man, I, I go into his office and he says something I don't want to hear, something that's hard to swallow, but I end up thanking him for it on the way out. I'm like, what the, what just happened? 
he, he can correct in such a gentle way. So that is worthy of, uh, of praise. That is, that is worthy of thanking him and encouraging him and loving him. And then Paul, Paul continues on here. And I'm going to sum it up by saying, be good to each other. Be good to each other. And this is uh, in verses uh, uh, 14 through 16, 14 through 15, rather. It says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. There is that word again. Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Now, in Philippians 2, 3, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Do nothing from ambitious uh, uh, conceit. Man, how cool would it be if this place, if Northview was known for encouraging, for uh, exhorting, for correcting with gentleness, admonishment, right? How cool would that be if people came in here knowing that they're not going to be judged, they're not gonna, that nothing's going to be held against them, that they know that whatever baggage or hurt or wound, they, they can bring it into this place and know that they're going to be able to give or they're going to be able to receive love and give love to others. That's the, that is what uh, the, the picture that Paul is painting here. Because of who you are, love well. Because of who you are, encourage those around you. Now he uses a, a few, a few um, descriptors here, and I'm just going to say... Uh, Faint-hearted. Those who lack hope. Can you think of someone in your life that lacks hope? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, man, I lack hope. We're supposed to encourage those who lack hope. Because here's the deal. We have the greatest hope in Jesus Christ. Point them to Jesus Christ. He talks about the weak. (laughs) Help the weak. And this is, the, the, the word here literally in the Greek is the unimpressive. Maybe you can think of someone in your life that is just unimpressive by worldly standards. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you feel unimpressive. I've got news for you. Jesus thinks you are very impressive. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, like, man, I kind of feel like junk. Maybe you know someone in life that they feel like junk. I've got news Jesus doesn't love junk. Jesus doesn't make junk. He wants to help those who are weak and unimpressive by the world standards. And he uses this word idle, literally meaning unruly or people who disrupt. <laughs> Maybe we can think of someone in your life that just kind of disrupts things sometimes. He just kind of, they disrupt, they they. they this is not easy being around them. Maybe you're thinking, I tend to disrupt things sometimes, right? We want to welcome those people. We want to welcome you. We want to correct with gentleness, admonish, the people who may be unruly or idle. See, here's the deal. Northview should be a place where we don't count things against each other because we're all broken before the cross of Jesus Christ. Is that right? 
where we, if people can come through these doors and we don't care, hey, who you voted for last election or, or, or what you're doing on your tax return or, or what you're doing at work. We want to love you for who you are because before the foot of the cross, we are all the same. We are all broken. Uh, I have this, this story comes to mind. Um, I, I, I've, gr- I've grown up in church, right? I, like I was, I think I was practically born at church. Uh, and my parents are missionaries, right? I went to Christian school. I'm like, I'm in it. Right? If, if anybody is like in the Christian culture, it, it, it's me, right? Maybe Zach. But uh, right, I, I, everything I know is, is church. And uh, a lot of you guys are really similar and and we forget sometimes what it's like to come from the outside, to come into a place where we don't know the lingo. We don't know uh, when things start or how things work or what we're supposed to say, what we're supposed to do. And, you like kinda, and, and we forget that's a kind of fumbling and bumbling before you kind of learn the ropes. I have this story that comes to mind where I, I picked up golf last year. And... Uh, uh, I'm getting better by the grace of God, uh, but last year I, I stunk, right? And uh, so I picked up golf, and I wanted to learn because if you're a pastor, apparently you play golf. It's like a thing. So, uh, so I'm like, okay, I, I got to pick up, pick up some golf. So, uh, so I went out uh, uh, with one of the elders here, uh, Rich Garrett, came and said, "Hey Brooks, you want to go golfing?" This is like last year, a year ago, and I was like, I've never gone out on a course. Right? I, I had just had hand surgery. Like I, like I just got my cast off, and I'm like, man, that's going to be tough. But I know that, that Rich doesn't really hold anything against me. He was kind of giving me some pointers. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's easy. That's fine. Cool. Yeah, Rich, I'll go out with you. But he tricked me. <laughs> because we get to the course, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Walt, another one of the elders here, and uh, my brother-in-law are coming. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, you never said, like, other people. Like, no, 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 I don't want to golf with other people. Because I stink, dude. You don't know. So sure enough, they come and and uh, I'm last to go to to tee off and and Rich hits it and it goes like 800 yards and and Walt gets up there and and Jeff gets up there and he, they they hit it and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna my uh, my mom's in town. My, I forgot to let my dog out. I whatever. Right? I think of any excuse and I get up and I'm like, man, I do not want to play golf right now because these guys just crushed it down the fairway and I'm like so unimpressive compared to these dudes. So I get up and I just like nail the ground and it goes like a few feet. And I'm like, <laughs> see ya. And they're like, no, 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 no. You got to keep going. <laughs> and it kind of, it was, it was funny. I was nervous as all get out because these guys are just crushing the ball. And I'm like barely making contact. And, and it came to the point where at one point, uh, uh, Jeff, which ironically later I'd go on to date his daughter. What's up, Amanda? Um, <laughs> Jeff comes over to me, and it was like probably like the 80th time that I've hit it into the woods, and he comes over, and he kind of like pats me on the back. He's like, dude, no one's keeping score. Just throw your ball into the fairway. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but here's the deal. It, uh, about like, I don't know, the like back, back nine, somewhere around the 12th hole, I realized these guys aren't holding anything against me. Yeah, they know I stink, but they were all probably where I was at one point. And they've never said any bad word to me. And it's like, man, that, that should be like the church. We forget what it's like to come into a place and not know the lingo. To come into the place and feel like you have to be perfect in order to fit in. Not here. 
not by the name of Jesus. Jesus takes in those who are imperfect. Let's welcome, the, let's welcome those who don't know how to fit into church, that don't know how to read their Bibles. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's like, man, I come here every single week and I feel like I have to put on a mask to fit in. That's not what Jesus wants. Jesus wants to help those who are weak, to encourage those who might not know how to fit in. Lastly, Paul ends with this. He, he says, basically, I'm going to sum it up. He says, be good to yourselves. I'm, just, I'm not going to spend too much time here. You can, you can read over this. In verse 16, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean like close your eyes and pray. It, be, have a prayerful attitude throughout your life. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And I'm not going to spend too much time there. I'm just going to give you this quick, uh, this, this quick nugget here. Do you spend more time critiquing or enjoying? Do you spend more time jumping into the mission or standing on the sidelines and critiquing how it's done? In my own life, this has played out to be so true. That before I became a pastor, everybody was doing it wrong. You should do this, you should say that, they should do this program, right? And then I became a pastor, and okay, wow, it's a lot harder than I thought. I would encourage you guys, if you have a, an attitude that is maybe, okay, I'm going to critique, I'm going to say this, do that, I would encourage you, hey, jump in. Jump on the fit team. Uh, and uh, jump into the mission of celebrating Jesus and sharing his love with others. Life is so much better when we're running the race with each other instead of standing on the sidelines watching everybody else run. Be good to yourselves. And as Paul starts, where he says, this is your identity in Christ, this is who you are, this is who Jesus says that you are, he comes back and he brings it back with, remember what Jesus has done for you. And, uh, I'm going to say all of this, all of this work, all of what we're doing and what God has called us to is through Christ alone. All of this is through Christ alone. It says this in, in verse 23 and 24. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this verse. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. You know what that means? That means it's already finished. That means when Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he was talking about your soul and mine being locked away in heaven if we believe and trust in Jesus Christ. That means we can trip up, we can fumble, we can learn to live righteously through the power of Jesus Christ because it is finished in him. It is already set. It is already done. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. So we start with remember your identity. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Pure, holy, righteous, sanctified. Now go live out that reality. And keep your eyes on Christ. I think it's very uh, strategic when, when Paul puts that at the end. Remember what Jesus has done for you. 
remember that he who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. So if we want this place to be different, if we want to walk in, and if we want people to walk in and know that this place is just different, they love differently here. We need to keep our eyes on Christ and not on ourselves. Man, I, our tendency as humans is to look at all the things that we trip up on and mess up on and do wrong, right? Maybe some of you guys are coming here today and like, man, I, I can hardly sit through service because I'm focusing on what I've done wrong and I just feel condemned. That's not what Jesus, that's not the words Jesus has for you. We need to take our eyes off ourselves and put them on Christ and what he's done. I want to encourage you guys to remember what Christ has done for you. Remember who Christ says you are. And remember that he will carry it through. He will carry you through to the end. He will surely do it. He is faithful to do it. Let's pray. Father, you are magnificent. Your love for us is astounding. Father, if I could just comprehend how much you love us, Father, would we keep our eyes on you so that we can operate in a community that is just a little bit different because it's marked by your Holy Spirit, because it's marked by your love for us and for others? Jesus, would you have great grace on us to keep our eyes on you and to love those around us well? In Jesus' name we pray.